This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Sunday kind of beauty. I'm Maya Tan, beauty buffs and junkies of Malaysia. Hello. We've been out and about gathering news on beauty tips and trends. And seeing as it's Medeca weekend, we start off on a patriotic note, looking at the runway beauty trends seen at KL Fashion Week. For the James Hock um, collection, you know, it's kind of androgynous. It's very, um, it's the no makeup makeup look, right? So it's very clean and fresh. The skin is like soft matte. The eyes are just like a soft heathery grey. As the ringgit slides further, we can anticipate that our beauty routines will cost more. So what's worth investing in and what can we do without? I speak to expert and fellow beauty junkie Tunku Zai, beauty editor at El Malaysia. I think as long as you invest in one fairly decent palette that carries a wide range of colours, like for example, Urban Decay's Naked Palette, that has everything... That's also my favourite. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favourites because it's so versatile. If you just have that one palette, you're kind of sorted. Next, we take an advantage of the nose with Miller Harris, the perfumers from London. International brand director Heath Kelleher tells us about the magic behind the fragrances. Some artists would put paint on a canvas, Lynn puts juice inside a bottle. Everything within our range captures somewhere in her life, a place, a moment, a time, a memory, maybe it's a specific uh, family member. Lynn's puts ingredients together to capture that emotion. But first, KL Fashion Week. With over 50 shows including designers from Turkey, Australia, China and Singapore, as well as Malaysia's hottest designers, it was one of the biggest fashion weeks we've ever had. And you can bet the looks were varied and diverse. Bobby Brown's senior makeup artists got together to create over 50 different looks for the runway. I catch up with Felix Nguyen, Education Manager for Bobby Brown Asia Pacific. Hi, my name is Felix um, from Bobby Brown Cosmetics. I'm the Education and Artistry Manager for Asia Pacific. So uh, I come and I oversee the whole event when it comes to makeup to make sure that first off, you know, that we stay on brand. Uh, because Bobby, you know, we like to have beautiful skin and, you know, really um, defined looks that still represent the brand but still are very editorial and very, um, you know, fashion savvy and forward as well. So what are the key runway looks for this season? This season is definitely about illuminated skin. Um, it's not so glowy and dewy. It's more about like, you know, that lit from within glow. Um, and then it's graphic eyes are really hot right now too. So, you know, keeping the rest of the face very simple and defining the eyes with one key focus. Yeah, so every show has a, a different look. Um, you know, some are slightly similar, but you know, they have varying other focuses that will differentiate them. Felix describes the look he created for Alia Bastamon. So when working out looks, uh, we definitely work with the designer and their collection to see what um, they would like for their, their collection first off. And then, um, so for example with Alia, you know, the designs are very fluid and very flowy and beachy and um, 
that luxe but relaxed feel. So with the makeup, what I created was it's like a bronze goddess feel to the to the look. So with the skin, it was uh, very illuminated. You know, we use a lot of um, you know shimmering uh, bronzer on the cheeks, and then for the eyes, we use a longwear cream shadow in copper color, and it's just kind of thrown on, and then lots of black eyeliner to really define and make it a little bit smoky and sexy. For the James Hock um, collection, you know, it's kind of androgynous. It's very, um, it's the no makeup makeup look, right? So it's very clean and fresh. The skin is like soft matte. The eyes are just like a soft heathery grey. Minimal liner, minimal mascara, and the lips we kept to just a natural lip colour as well. So it, it's very varying in the kind of looks that you can have. Some of my favourites include a look created for Australian designer Savias, which included an orange under eye liner, very fresh, and also a look created for 0 to 10, which features a thick brush stroke of black liner going vertically down the eyelid with soft coral pink lips. There's also a look called Fire Phoenix, created by Sonia Pang for Sharifa Kirana, featuring a flaming thick and feathery brow in a bright poppy colour, while another look created by Pei Yan was an ultra pretty pastel look with a lilac shimmer all over the eye, pretty lashes and pale pink on cheeks and lips for Kitty Yi. I also spoke to Felix about advice on trying to recreate these looks at home and of the moment colours that could make all the difference in updating your look with only a small purchase. So if you want to recreate any, any runway looks, especially the ones that are really quite extreme, the best thing to do is first off pick a focus that you love, whether it's the eyes or the lips. Um, and kind of fine-tune it to go with your, your own style because you don't want to be uh, driven by the trend. You still want to work it within your own style so that you feel comfortable but also it still suits you. And when people look at you, they don't think that you're trying a trend. They kind of say, oh yeah, that looks cool, that suits you, it works. When you were talking earlier about the graphic eye, can you sort of explain that to us a little bit more? Mm, absolutely. So graphic eyes are um, uh, when you use more liner than eyeshadow because um, it's, it's just about defining the eyes and enhancing them in different ways. So whether you overextend your eyeliner or whether you know you draw shapes, you know, um, to follow your eye shape, for example. Um, so it's really focusing on on the eyes with liner compared to shading and shadowing. Is eye calligraphy still part of uh, the whole trend? Um, not really. It's you know they're quite clean. Uh, bold lines that, that are definitely being used this season. Any colour palettes that you want to recommend? Mm, absolutely. So orange is really hot, blue is really hot right now too. I'm at uh, New York Fashion Week, I saw a lot of blue actually. Um, but the rest of the face is actually very neutral. Yeah, so like nude lips are definitely in again too. Right. So focus on the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Next on a Sunday Kind of Beauty, Tunku Zai from El Malaysia comes on with tips and tricks on how to stretch your ringgit when it comes to your beauty routine. That's coming up right after this, daily with Look Up. This is the Sunday Kind of Beauty. I'm Maya Tan for BFM 89.9.
It's a Sunday kind of beauty. I'm Maya Tan. It's our monthly beauty episode on a Sunday kind of love. And this week, we had a look at KL Fashion Week. And now, what's worth investing in and what's not in terms of beauty when we have to stretch our ringgit? Tunkuzai, beauty editor from Elm Malaysia, shows us how. As we're all aware, we're kind of going through a bit of a slowdown in the economy. And the ringgit devaluation means that we may be paying more for our favorite beauty products. And I thought it would be a good time to look at how we can pare down our beauty routines to what is most crucial, you know, what's worth investing in and what's not. So from skincare to colors to hair care and maintenance, I thought you could share with us what you believe are things that will give us better value and help to stretch our ringgit. Um, let's start with skincare. Okay, sure. Um the thing for me is that when it comes to skincare, what I feel a lot of people sometimes forget or maybe even fail to realize is that your skin is an organ. It's the largest organ in your body. And, you know, that your skin is what protects you. So just as how, you know, you've got your vitamins and your supplements and in the same way that you take care of yourself on the inside, you should take care of your skin just as much, if, mm. if not more, you know. And also, you know, what you put in your body, I mean, it shows on your skin. So when it comes to skincare... Let's face it, the, the whole three-step regimen, it, it, it's of the past. Or maybe at the most, if you're, if you're an adolescent or you're younger and you're kind of you know, becoming more aware of taking care of yourself or you're actually starting to get into the grooming process, yes, that's a great way. But I think for most women, especially Asians, our routines are very complex. I mean, okay, for example, for me, I mean... Of course, I'm a beauty junkie being the beauty editor, right? <laughs> yeah. So you've, I've got at least seven to eight products that I use at night okay. alone wow. on my face. Okay. That's a lot of stuff. But for, for other women, if you, know, if you compare Malaysians to Koreans, for example, they've got maybe 12 to 16. Wow. Yes. It's, it's insane. It okay. actually is insane. So for me, if you, if you do start to feel the pinch, because yes, beauty products, especially skincare, and good skincare for that matter, it, it can be pricey, carries a heavy price tag and all, but um, the best thing I can tell you to do is stick to the basics, which is a little bit more than your, uh, your three-step, but maybe just a four or five-step. So cleanser is a must. For me, I've got maybe three different types of cleansers, but instead of buying all, all three that you used to buy before, stick to one. Stick to one that can do more than one thing. For example, if you were using a milk cleanser before or a gel cleanser that makes you have to double cleanse to remove all your makeup, switch to an oil cleanser. An oil cleanser does both. It takes away all the makeup while also thoroughly cleansing your skin at the same time. And it doesn't dry it out. Make your products do double duty. Um, when it comes to your toners and, and moisturizers, of course, you need that. But and again, depending on your skin type, it also, it also boils down to what you need. So stick to the necessities. Maybe let go of the fluff mm -hmm. until, until you, know, you find more affordable replacements and whatnot. What do you consider fluff? Okay, fluff for me would be perhaps if out of maybe my seven skincare steps, I've got two things dedicated to my lips alone. Okay. <laughs> so maybe instead of having those two treatments, if you can do without it for a little while, then just stick to your regular lip balm. That kind of thing. So try to get products that can do a double duty. Yeah. But basically you need to cleanse, you need to tone, you need, you to, need moisturize. to moisturize. And I find lately serum is a must because um, the difference with serum and, and moisturizers is that serums are a lot more concentrated. 
you can think of it this way. Your serum will have a lot more of the active ingredient of your moisturizer. So that makes it a lot more potent on your skin. And what the moisturizer does is that it kind of gives you that protective veil at night. What about sunscreen? Ah, sunscreen for day. That's an absolute must. Instead of getting two products, you can get one. Because a, a lot of products these days, especially your foundations, if you're the, the sort that does wear makeup, then get a, a foundation that has an, a high SPF. For our city and for our weather, especially if you're living in the city and you're indoor most of the times, usually an SPF 20 or higher, that should suffice. When it comes to makeup, though, uh, with the colours, we still need to look polished and ready to face work and play. Of course, it's a given that if you eat well, you have better skin and you need to cover up less. Uh, if you take care of your skin, then you have to cover up less, right? Yeah. But um, what are the key investments in makeup? Okay, key investments in makeup, as you said, as long as you've got good skin, then less is more. But um, when it comes to, let's say, working a night look, I think as long as you invest in one fairly decent palette that carries a wide range of colors, then like, like for example, Urban Decay's Naked Palette. That's thing. also my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorites because it's so versatile. So really, like beyond that, if you just have that one palette, you're kind of sorted. At least for a few months. At least for a few months, exactly. Yeah. And it's not that expensive either. So if you think about it, it, it will help your ring get stretched. If you, instead of investing in a mono, monos can be expensive. Mono, you know, single shot eyeshadows. I mean, it's great to be able to kind of build your own palette. But if you feel that you want to save, save a penny, then go for a palette. And a lot of these palettes these days have some amazing colors. So you can opt for the naked palette if you want something more bronzy and golden. If you want... Um, a more night look which is smokier and darker then you can you can always opt for something from Dior or Chanel and if you, these brands have amazing colours if you have been building up your colours now's the time to actually use them till they're done till that yeah that's <laughs> a lot one, of the time we yeah. go okay it's been six months I need to throw this and this and this and this out yeah we rarely get to the bottom of the pot yeah especially if you've got a lot of colours even for me myself, I find it really hard to get to the bottom of the pot. And then also even on a palette, let's say you've got your favourites. <laughs> so if you notice that you have your favourite colours, maybe you could invest in a smaller palette with just those specific colours if you notice that that's what you tend to use. But at the same time also, I mean, makeup will definitely last longer than skincare. That's for sure. So maybe not six months. It could stretch to a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then thinking about trends, uh, current trends, you know, so... There are many things that we may not need. We may not need uh, color eyeliners, you know. So what are the very, very basics? When it comes to basics, I mean, stick to black. Can never go wrong. Blacks are, blacks are greys. When it comes to things like eyeliner and mascara, I mean, yes, your blues and purples and pinks are all a, lo a lot of fun. But, um, you know, what? it's also the end of the year. It's party season coming around the corner. It's fall, winter. So a lot of the trends tend to get a little bit deeper, a little bit darker. So if you're going to invest in the basics, then you're sorted for the season, basically. Mm -hmm. Have you found big differences in, say, drugstore cosmetics, especially with colours? You know, can you get away with those compared to the brands that we love, which have a trusted sort of standard? Well, with that, I mean, honestly, I feel that each brand, drugstore or maybe a little bit more high-end, like the brands that you find in department stores, they all have their strengths. Like, for instance, MAC and Bobbi Brown are famous in, for their foundations. Shuamura is famous for their liquid eyeliners and their um, eyeshadows. But drugstore brands, for example, Maybelline, 
They have amazing eyeliners. They have amazing mascara as well. So, you know, sometimes it's worth a trip to your Watsons or your Guardian to see what they have on offer because a lot of these brands do carry some, you know, some very great products. Okay, what about hair care? Apart from shampoo and conditioner, you know, are there any tools or products that you feel we shouldn't skimp on? Ah, a hair mask for sure. Or, you know, or even a serum. I think if you're gonna just stick to the basics, like say if you can't afford to go for your regular hair treatments at the salon anymore, you can at least give that to yourself at home with a mask. Think of mainly maintaining whatever it is that you've got going on. Then I think you should be fine if you want to either cut back or cut down on actually visiting a salon or a spa. Right. And I also find that on YouTube, there are a great number of heat-free tips that you can use, uh, you know, heat-free waves, which you can use with the hairband and things like that. So it's do-it-yourself, you know, and save on the salon, Mm -hmm. right? So even if you were to invest in one tool, for me, I would pick a flat iron, like a straightening iron over a curling tong because... Straightening iron, you can straighten your hair, but at the same time, you can also curl your hair with it. Absolutely, yes. So it's again making everything just work twice as hard. Mm. Um, Spa treatments and facials. Okay, so when it comes to the spa treatments and facials, it's generally how we pamper ourselves, right? But I know in tough times, they're considered a bit of a luxury. So what's crucial here? Can we live without that facial? You can live without that facial only if you actually give yourself that facial at home. Mm. So, for example, I mean, you know, an, uh, a decent facial can cost you anywhere between 200 to 1,000 over ringgit. I mean, it, you know... Depending two, on where you go. Exactly, depending on where you go, what you get done. Um, but if you just maintain your skin, maintain just the way you maintain your hair and everything else, then if you, you know, give yourself your facial at home, I think you should be okay. For example, you can get... Um, the, the magic thing about facials is that, you know, maybe the extraction process and getting the little massage. So yeah, of course, maybe you won't be able to quite give yourself the same massage (laughs) as your spa therapist, but... Train your cat. (laughs) Train your cat or puppy or (laughs) whatever. Train train your partner (laughs) at home, right? But I mean, if you can give yourself that that massage, then great. And then also there are some tools that you can buy. For example, um, you can get pore cleansers. So it's like a tiny device, not very big can even bring it with you on your travels and two to three times a week you just use that on your pores and it functions the same way as getting an extraction. I mean, so instead of paying for your, you know, depending on how often you go, either twice a month or once a month, you spend a lot less. You just got to do it yourself. Um, What about lasers? What do you think about lasers? I think when it comes to lasers, especially if, I mean, depending again on what you're using it for, let's say if you've got pigmentation that you'd like to lighten, Usually, you require a few treatments before you actually see your dark spots or your freckles disappear or lighten. But um, yeah, if let's say you you do it a few times over the beginning period, later on, you don't have to do it so frequently. So when it comes to lasers, the investment is always very heavy in the beginning. So even when it comes to laser hair removal, for example, you've got to go maybe six to eight times again, depending on your hair, because everyone's different. So... Maybe perhaps after you do IPL on your, you know, on your body, you may not need to go for the next two to three years. Really d- depends. And then when it comes to your skin, you may not need to go as frequently after that. But again, it becomes maintenance. 
and also don't skimp on the sunblock if you don't want those spots to come back. That's basically it. And I think it goes back to what you said, you know, make your products do double, double duty. duty. Exactly. So, for example, a tinted foundation is also a serum nowadays. Try and see if you can get away without it. But of course, if you definitely see a big difference, then... Yeah, you know, mentioning that, um, I noticed lately that a lot of makeup brands, what they're starting to do is actually infuse their foundations with serum. So again, I mean, of course, for now, the technology is still fairly new. There's nothing quite like still having that serum and that moisturizer underneath, but it's a step forward. Felix Nguyen from Bobby Brown also had some advice on what to splurge on and what to hold back on. So first off, um, for a quick, easy, you know, pick-me-up, lipstick is a great way to go. You know, uh, lipsticks are affordable, but they also instantly change your look and also instantly make you feel good as well. So for a little quick, easy, the lipsticks are fantastic. But uh, for me, skincare is definitely something you don't want to skip on. Um, serums, things that will really maintain your skin, look after and repair your skin over a long period of time is something you want to invest in because at the end of the day, that is your canvas. That is when you want to spend your money on. Um, so skincare, so whether it's a serum, an eye cream or a moisturizer, I would definitely um, get women to invest more into there compared to color products because color products, you can actually buy cheaper versions or You'll, you'll find that your eyeshadows last you years, so you don't really need to update them as often. And of course, when your skin is great, you need less makeup, you Absolutely. need less color. Yeah, definitely. You know, and Bobby believes that the better your canvas is, the less makeup you need on the rest of your face, as you just said. So yeah, definitely. And you'll find you need less foundation, less concealer. So I would always say to women, invest in the thing that makes you specifically for yourself, your style, feel good, right? that one thing that you can't live without, whether it's an eyeliner, whether it's a lipstick, or whether it's that one foundation, you know, invest in that one thing that makes you feel good yourself. Um, you know, don't pick just a general one that everyone's investing in because it doesn't necessarily relate to you the same way it might work with another product. So always look at what your own style is. Don't be scared to come to a Bobby Brown counter and get a makeup lesson. You know, the more that you know about your style, the more that you know about your skin, you'll actually spend less because you, you, you know exactly what you need and you just buy that. Comparatively to going around and buying all these random trend-related things, you know, it's not the same. And, you know, the makeup lessons are complimentary. So you can come in, it's totally free, and you get to find out so much information and you end up kind of becoming your own makeup artist, which is so invaluable. We've got Heath Kelleher coming up next to tell us how Miller Harris melds classic artisanal perfume making with a contemporary British twist. This is Slow by Cyril Hahn and Rochelle Jordan. We'll be right back on A Sunday Kind of Beauty, BFM 89.9. I see you Oh, 
It's a Sunday kind of beauty. I'm Maya Tan. It's our monthly episode on a Sunday kind of love where we talk about all things to do with beauty. Miller Harris is a British perfume label founded by Lynn Harris, who is trained in the classic French art of perfume making. She brings a unique spin to creating fragrances, keeping in mind urban sensibilities and British wit, or a penchant for poetry. Take any of their products and be seduced not only through your sense of smell, which goes through a journey of different smells with every perfume, to finally settle on the character of the fragrance, which again is different depending on the way it resides on your skin, but also through the romance of ideas and visual imagery. One of my absolute favorites is a fragrance called Cassisson Foy, which is described as la divagation des vignes et l'abondance des fruits dans un jardin oublié. The rambling vines and bountiful fruit of a forgotten garden. That makes me sweat. Heath Kelleher, international brand director at Miller Harris, tells me how it all comes about. When you speak to Lynn, she is an artist. Some artists put paint on a canvas, Lynn puts it into a bottle. And when she began the brand, she wanted to have a brand that was focused around naturals, that had an identity in the market, that had a very defined signature. Picasso and Monet had very different signatures. And as a perfumer, the Miller Harris signature is a bright citrus top note and a very green, earthy, woody base. And you see that signature flowing through. Lynn. Uh, doesn't necessarily do any sort of music or art or any of, any of those sorts of things, but her artistry came through in how she created Miller Harris and how she puts the juice in the bottle with a very defined perfume signature. So Lynn is classically French trained. She applies a very modern British twist on what's otherwise very French in the industry. Her belief for perfuming is using natural ingredients. So Lynn takes, uh, say for example, fig. Often when you have a fig perfume, it is slightly sweet, it's slightly fruity. Lynn's taken a bitter sea salt side of the fig. Um, when we take the grapefruit, rather than taking the sweet side of the grapefruit, we've taken the very stringent, very citrus side of the grapefruit. So Lynn is classically French trained and you see that French influence coming through in what she does. But the way she puts the ingredients together to create her perfume has always a bit of quirkiness, a very modern sort of nature. Would that be your unique philosophy then in terms of creating perfumes using natural ingredients and also using the unexpected components of a particular scent? Very much so. I would say for Miller Harris, um, our philosophy is using very high naturals, uh, a lot, a lot of naturals, but also the highest quality. Some of the ingredients we use are 15 or 20 times the price of gold, um, monumentally expensive. Some of the plants can take 40 or 50 years to grow and then take another five or six years to be able to extract the oils that you use in perfume. So the process takes a lot of time. Uh, but the quality of the ingredient that you get by going through that process is unparalleled and it can't be made with man-made ingredients. Some artists would put paint on a canvas, Lynn puts juice inside a bottle. Everything within our range captures somewhere in her life, a place, a moment, a time, a memory, maybe it's a specific uh, family member. Lynn puts ingredients together to capture that emotion. 
What are your labs like? I'm curious now. I imagine her in a tiny little cottage somewhere in the south of France or, or in England somewhere. In England, actually, <laughs> it's in uh, it's in Notting Hill, a very affluent area. But it's the area is also full of a lot of natural trees, a lot of flowers. Um, it's a very green part of London. So I think for a perfumer, it's very inspiring to be in that part of the world, surrounded by so much nature. Um, you've got Regent's Park and the various uh, Hyde Park, the various beautiful parks around, inspiring a perfumer to to put nature back into a bottle for us as consumers to wear. How many fragrances do you have at the moment? We currently have 19 perfumes in our core range. We have a premium collection called Perfumes Library, which is four signature perfumes. And we have something tailored to a little bit more of the Middle Eastern client, a range called La Fume Collection, or in French, The Smoke. We've brought out six new perfumes this year, um, a range in March called Jardin d'Enfance, um, all based around the childhood garden, if your French is not as familiar. Uh, we're just, uh, just about to launch a brand new range called Editions, celebrating unexpected moments in your day with spontaneous fragrances. Mm. There are some great uh, new editions coming at Christmas time with some larger size candles, some travel sprays. Uh, and next year we have some very exciting launches, some that I'm already wearing and people are stopping me in the street for. What I also find interesting is that you have this approach with fragrances where you look at it as a wardrobe and you don't just wear one, but you could layer and wear several together. That's very true. I give the analogy that if you wear the same clothes every day, you get bored with them. So why as a consumer would you wear the same fragrance? I think for the 80s and 90s, the industry taught us to have a signature perfume that people would know you by. These days, I think, particularly within the niche industry, within the upper market of fragrance, it's more about finding a fragrance fit for your mood. Um, how are you dressed today? Are you dressed in a grey business suit with a white shirt? Something very crisp, very professional. Maybe you want a fragrance that's a little bit more citrus, a little bit more green. Um, perhaps you have retired uh, from work uh, for the afternoon and you're going to the opera in the evening. Perhaps you want something a little bit more stately, a little bit more grand, a little bit more elegant. Um, for the ladies, perhaps it's moving from something fresh into something more powdery, for instance. You can have very similar perfumes, but they can take different approaches, I suppose. And that's where your signature becomes powdery, but you have a day powder and you have a night powder. It's also customizable, then. It's something that each individual can create for themselves. Because um, fragrances on different individuals also give off a different scent. That's very true. Right? I think it's the uh, chemical reaction of uh, the fragrance on one's skin. That's very true. Yeah. And it's more so with natural ingredients. We were talking before the difference between natural and synthetics. Synthetics being man-made uh, uh, chemical creations. Synthetics are relatively true to the bottle, to the skin. However, the natural ingredients, which are essentially essential oils or absolutes, if you're familiar with those terms, the essential oils hit your skin and we all have our own body oil composition that's based on fatigue, it's based on stress, what you've eaten, your hormones, all of these things affect your own body oil. And when the naturals hit them, your body oil starts to react with the naturals. And the beautiful thing is you don't want to smell like the same person walking down the street. With Miller Harris and the high volume of naturals that we use, my, you and I could wear the same fragrance, but it's going to change in just slightly different directions, which means it's maybe not as identifiable in the street, which to a degree is, becomes your own perfume. So tell me about your bestsellers. One of our perennial favourites is La Feuille, 
or the leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your French is not is not that great, it's from Perfumer's Library, and this perfume takes you through a promenade through the season of autumn. If you think at the beginning of autumn, the leaves are green on the trees, but by the end of autumn, the three months later, the leaves have wistfully turned yellow to brown and then have wistfully fallen to the ground. The rains hit, they become a little bit damp. The perfume La Foy takes you on that journey from the greenness and the freshness at the start of autumn as you've come out of summer through to the coolness and the dampness that ensues as you lead into winter. And that the way it takes you through the whole season is quite beautiful. The fragrances are so complex and there is a story behind them. The story helps the customer start to understand the complex journey that's going through their nose. Is there also a particular story when it comes to what ingredients, what sort of fragrances she selects for each perfume? Um, the story comes from her training actually. When Lynn was training in grass, she learned thousands of different ingredients blind. She would have to know exactly which one they were to her nose. A very technical understanding, ingredient after ingredient after ingredient and years this took. The beautiful thing is that now, as a perfumer, when she started Milahara, she knew exactly which ingredients to create that feeling. So La Foy is a very unusual mix of bergamot, rose, galbanum, but cedarwood. So you get greenness, you get rose, you get woods, but the way it comes together is the journey in the nose. As a consumer, we don't have enough knowledge to break it down to go, oh yes, I can smell amber and rose and the various things. What we get is an olfactive journey that takes you into a place in your mind. And I think for a consumer, sure, we could give you a list of ingredients, but if you don't know what those ingredients smell like in their real life, it's more about the whole creation and how it takes you. And that's the ability of Lynn as a perfumer, knowing exactly which ingredients to put in to, to take you on that journey. What about the Le Fumé range? You know, what sort of heritage or history does it have? And why smoke? Sure, it's a great question. In 2011, we launched La Fumé Classic. Lynn had been on a trip to the Middle East and she walked through the souk and she was inspired by the market stall owners with such energy calling for attention. Come into my stall, come into my stall. The use of colour, but everywhere, the bakur, the uh, incense burner, and the way the incense dances in the air. As it comes out, it has this wistful kind of nature. And in, in the late 2000s, we saw the industry moving into ouds. Every, every perfume house was getting on the oud bandwagon. Miller Harris always puts a modern British twist on what's otherwise and what otherwise exists. So Lynn was inspired by the way the incense twirls out of the incense burner. So her fragrance, rather than being a traditional heavy oud, she's created an oud that dances and twirls and has a lightness to it. So that's where the idea of La Fume or the smoke came in, because Lynn was specifically trying to capture the way the smoke dances in the air. And when you smell the fragrance, they all dance. So it started in 2011, um, and then each year since, we've launched a new fragrance. Each one is based around the idea of the smoke, La Fume Arabi goes into a very much more concentrated spice, very much a statement perfume. La Fume Ottoman finishes with a beautiful Turkish rose. You've got the spice in there and the smoke, but it finishes with the softness and the powderiness of a Turkish rose. La Fume Maroc moves into soft peaches, prunes, apricots, dried fruits. And then La Fume Intense, the best way I can describe it is to take the characteristics of the rose, the fruit, the smoke, the spice, and really up the concentration. We're just about to launch a, a sixth called La Fumée Alexandrie, which finishes with a different type of rose and it gets an even more spicy sort of style of rose. And that's the beauty of the La Fumée collection, is male or female. If you like something a little bit more heavy, 
We can get the heaviness and the spice, but we can also finish it off with the softness of the fruits for the ladies or the powderiness of the rose for the men. The brand has been uh, in Malaysia for nearly a month now. Um, so it is very early days. If you haven't visited the counter yet, I do really encourage you uh, to come into Isatan KLCC. Uh, the staff will be very excited to be able to walk you through our extensive collection. And that's our episode of A Sunday Kind of Beauty. Look out for next month's episode where I review some of the latest products from Origins, Urban Decay, Kiehl's and make Dunkuzai reveal the secrets to her 8, or is it 10, 10-step beauty ritual. If you're out and about in our fairly hazy city of Kuala Lumpur, I hope you stay safe. And my message for you this week, don't lose hope, don't give up your power to anyone else. This is Perfect Ruin by Quabs, a particularly poignant song given the interesting times we live in. This is a Sunday kind of beauty on a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan for BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.